The Lunch Break Media Group, JD is the founder Madison and Mason, I'm so glad he found us James is like Birdman, and I'm Little Wayne And he is behind the scenes, and I do my thing Welcome to Business Bites with Mason uh, We're a New York, Canada-focused podcast Where we talk about business trends, mental health, single parents, parents, the whole nine Basically family business We have two guests uh, Shardar and Abdullah. Uh, they're awesome. I met them over at Clubhouse. They, they, they're amazing. Um, and then my co-host, Britt Kent. Hello. How you doing today, Brittany? I am just loving life today. Happy it's the weekend. Happy hey. to be doing this. Yes. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Brittany, I'm going I'm to pass the torch to you. What do you, what you got to say to the people? Well, we are the first week into a new month in 2021. Um, I know speaking for myself, the first month was successful and productive. And I know for me, I want to keep that momentum going. Um, and I really wish that everybody else is, I, I hope my hope for everybody else is that they're experiencing the same positivity. Um, success for me is different than probably success for somebody else. Um, but I think we're all very happy to leave 2021 behind and have a new month in. Um, and so I don't know about you, but I'm very excited to talk to these two fine gentlemen today. Um, I already had the pleasure of getting to know them, um, the last few minutes. And I think that they're going to be, um, a great source of information and insight for those who are listening. For sure. For sure. So Shardar, Abdullah, uh, just give people a little bit of background about who you are. Maybe A, where you grew up, B, what are you currently doing? And then C, maybe a project you're working on or school work, anything you want to add. So maybe we'll start, we'll start with Shardar. All right. Um, so, hey, guys, I'm Shardar. I am, I'm in Canada right now. Um, I've been here for four years. I actually grew up in Bangladesh. Um, it's just beside India. And I moved to Canada for um, pursuing my, um, I'd say my dream about like, you know, like, like Brittany men mentioned before, like my passion with technology and I, um, I'm actually doing undergrad in computer science right now. I am working at, um, trans Canada, um, as a research and development developer. And yeah, I've been working there for over a year and the project that I'm working on, I don't know if I can talk about it, but, um, I'm, um, I'll just give a good idea. It's, it's all about um using ai um in oil and gas so really exciting stuff going on in my world using aws ai it's it's really i'm, I'm really passionate about it Yay. i'll pass them that's, awesome, to abdullah. that's <laughs> yeah. awesome bro abdullah the, the floor is yours bro <laughs> perfect um so a little bit about myself um i'm originally born and raised in abu dhabi which is in the united um arab Emirates. um my ethnically, I'm Pakistani. Um, I've been in Canada for about 18 years, I would say. Um, currently pursuing an undergrad in uh, uh, business uh, with, a, with a concentration in supply chain management. Prior to that, I, was, um, I finished a program in power engineering. Um, I also worked uh, up north for a large oil and gas company um, with, by the name of um, Husky Energy. Um, so that was a great experience. Um, so as far as, um, as far as, you know, projects go, um, currently working on, you know, I guess Mason, you did, uh, point that out in the, uh, description, but I have a clothing brand I'm, I'm currently pursuing. And on top of that, um, I am also trying to get my YouTube channel, um, kind of, uh, you know, on the go. So, um, let's see how those, uh, those two work out. Yeah, man. I love your YouTube channel. Like it's it's bomb like i don't know what you use to edit your videos and all that stuff but it's top notch bro for sure like, appreciate it um, um did you two did so shardar and abdullah did you guys how long have you known each other or did you meet through clubhouse how did how did this happen so, um actually uh the thing is so me and shardar we actually go to different schools okay, um yep. what i used to do when you know pre-covid was um i used to often kind of study in Shardar's uh, university. Okay. And so um, I, I knew a few of his friends and, you know, we had some mutual friends essentially. And that's how I got to kind of know Shardar. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, 
I'm sure Dar is a great guy, and I think uh, we have a lot in common. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes, sir. And we went to Vancouver as well together. It was <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> I was going to say, Abdullah just wrote Shardar's like, Tinder profile for him right there. <laughs> great guy. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Britt, so um, how about you give a little context of who you are, too? Um, Everybody knows who I am. You know, I've been doing a lunch break mm-hmm. media group for some time now. Um, but maybe you could ask, answer the same thing. Like, where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. Project you're working on and, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Um, I'm from Syracuse, New York, born and raised. Um, I moved to Rochester about five years ago for uh, several different reasons. And I don't plan on going back to Syracuse. Um, I, my undergrad is in psychology Um, and I've spent the last few years trying to figure out how it is I want to, well, first off, I didn't really know what my passion was. And then I decided what my passion was and that is helping people. Um, but that's a very loose and generic phrase that I think is overused sometimes. Um, so to make a long story short, um, I just realized that psychology is it for me. That's something that I can speak very knowledgeably about. I can watch any documentary about any serial killer, regurgitated almost verbatim. Um, So I will be going back to school for my master's in social work. Uh, My goal is to become a licensed clinician and actually have a practice of my own. Um, On top of that, I also really would like to work and collaborate with local law enforcement um, in fighting the issue of human trafficking and taking the bad guys out, so to speak. A project I'm working on, um, not to sound super sappy, but it is myself. 2020 was a hard year for me um, for a lot of reasons, but um, I neglected myself in 2020. So I'm taking the power back a little bit um, and I'm doing the podcast. I'm applying to grad school. Um, I'm doing a lot of cool things, but that's, that's really the gist of it. Um, I love meeting new people and I'm really happy that even in a time of um, isolation and quarantine, that I've reconnected with Mason and this is allowing me to meet other people and um, expand outside of my little world of New York state in the Rochester area. Thanks for sharing, Britt. You know, I'm just going to do a quick plug real quick, uh, motivation. Like, so there's a term personal project, Mm -hmm. right? And person is in that and you, you know, you're taking care of yourself. So people, Mm -hmm. um, as people, we need to take care of ourselves. That's the most important project is ourself whether it's, you know, personal development, emotional intelligence, mental health, all those things. Um, And that's one of the values that you and I have in common is, you know, mental health, self-care and those things. So Mm -hmm. for our listeners out there that that listen to this, um, you know, self-care is the best care. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I will say a little bit about me and then we can, I'll let you kick into the icebreaker, Britt. Um, So I was born and raised here in Rochester, Rochester, New York. Um, but my granddad on my dad's side is from Kingston. So I have some Jamaican roots, Wagwan, Wagwan, what's a Guan? So my Jamaicans out there. And then um, my grandmother on my mom's side is from Little Rock, Arkansas. So I'm like a Caribbean Southern New Yorker. <laughs> I talk, walk, dress like a New Yorker, but I have roots in the South and um, Kingston. So that's me in a nutshell. As far as um, project, there's like, I don't know if I will consider a project. I'm trying to figure out how to invest in stocks or and or Bitcoin type thing. I'm in, I don't know, my mindset is like in investing. Um, so I've been doing research on that. And then I'm also trying to figure out how to make money through Pinterest. Apparently you can make money through Pinterest. For me, because I was on Clubhouse and I was in a room and they were talking about Etsy and I'm like, people making bread through that? Like, I know people can make money through Etsy, but I'm like, Pinterest? People making money through Pinterest? What? So I was in this room for like an hour and I, my mind was blown. I'm like, yo, that sounds easy. Like, So um, I'm going to figure out how to make money through Pinterest because I guess there's a market for that. Um, so those are the projects I'm working on. It's me. I'm going to pass the torch back to you, Britt. Let you okay. um, kick into the icebreaker. Okay. Um, so Abdullah and Shadar. Um if you could do any type of business, regardless of industry, if you could, if what's your crazy business idea that for whatever reason you may never pursue, 
but would like to see come to fruition by maybe somebody else or just society's collective intelligence? Um, Shardar, can I take this one? Uh, just um, I'll, I'll, I'll go into it. Um, it will definitely be around something like, you know, something I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm really passionate about cloud computing. I'm passionate about artificial intelligence. So um, I don't know, um, with, the, with the conversation I had with you before, um, I am always like, you know, all about like making people's life easier. That's how I, I, I relate with you that you say that I want to help people. And I'm like, I, like that's, that's me too. I want to I wanna create positive impact in the world. Mm -hmm. And this is one quote I believe in that, you know, without impact, like your life isn't worth that much. So yeah. positive impact is crucial. So in that um, light, I think I want to use AI to make people's life easier. Um, for example, um, when it comes to companies and stuff, um, there are a lot of people and you have to track a lot of people and sometimes people use supervisors and mm -hmm. other um, middleman kind of things to track employees and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, one company who's, going, um, who's doing really good with that is Amazon. Amazon is like, they track people really good. There are definitely a different side to that story as well. And like, you know, when it comes to ethical values and stuff like that, I'm totally aware of it. But um, the fact that we can use AI to... Um, make people more efficient um, and make people's life easier. Techno mm -hmm. Technology is for like, you know, it's, it's there not to like, you know, um, um, it's the, the sole purpose of tech technology is to help us achieve great things. And that's what I like. That's like a very, I don't know if it's like a really good idea, but that's like a very, that's the path I want to pursue. And I'm just 22 and I think I'm, I'm still figuring, figuring out stuff. I'm still like learning every day. You're only 22. My... Yeah. <laughs> oh my Lord. I'm not, and I'm not saying I looked at you and was like, oh, he's 40, but you have like, there's a maturity, a maturity about yeah. you. I was going to, wow. I thought she was like Mason, 25, 26. Mason, Mason we're, we're getting old. <laughs> no, <there's, laughs> that's you. a compliment to you. You, there's Thank a you presence so you have that is just wise beyond your years. So sorry to interrupt. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. No, like that's what I meant. I'm, I want to, like there's no idea right now for me, but I want to go down a path where I, uh, I can use the resources that I have to make, like create a positive impact in people's lives. That's, that's what I'm for. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So hold on, I just want to say something um, real quick, Brittany. So I think that's an amazing idea. Um, so my thing is like, I'm just sharing my vision of what you said, you know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate it. So it's kind of like with the artificial intelligence of efficiency and stuff like that what i would like to see perhaps let's just say you got the artificial intelligence now let's say you got an employee right mm -hmm. and this employee usually be killing it i'm just you know whatever the kpi whatever the metrics are and let's just say you just see them doing well now let's just say they had a bad day let maybe you know they got an argument with their girlfriend or they had a breakup or something like that and then for a week you see their numbers decline what i would like to see instead of it flagging oh this person is doing bad like oh whatever like it'd be cool if it said have a meeting with this person but like not in a council type way like oh you need to get your numbers up but more like they're ha they might be having a bad day you know what i'm saying like yeah absolutely if they usually crushing it and then this one day they're not i will hope that somehow there's a compassion factor, an empathy factor within the um, AI to say, hey, how about somebody check on that person? You know what I mean? Like they're they usually here, but their performance is here. It might be because they're having a bad day. So that's just my- exactly. um, um, I, I actually have that exact scenario happening. So I have a friend who's like a, a manager at Amazon, right? So he, he I, I try to meet, uh, meet up with him and I actually talk about th these things like you know how do you manage people and stuff like that and so he's like yeah for us it's easy because we see numbers going up and down and we we act based uh based on the numbers so he's like yeah uh, I'll see someone's numbers go down and that is my job as a manager to go up to them and you know not not like you know to inspire them and you to, um sometimes all you need is someone to like talk to all right and and that builds up on a good work environment. And I think that the fact that you said um, um, tracking the numbers going down is helpful, but it doesn't mean like, you know, how 
it, it's like it depends on the manager to be honest like how they um choose to act on it like you know one manager can be like hey your numbers are down you have to get get them up and but then there's another person who's who be like hey um are you having any trouble at home do you want to talk about it or something like that so that actually helps a lot that's what like my, my friend from amazon he told me that you know talking to people like you know personally and we know it, nothing is personal in the workspace but um you know um i don't know supporting people inspiring people on a personal level actually helps a lot and that's what that that was one major takeaway from me he's like yeah go talk to people know your employees remember important small details about them and when you bring that up that inspires a lot mm-hmm. and i'm like damn that is insane that's that's gem to me and yeah collecting gems that's what i do <laughs> i love it um abdullah i bet you're chomping at the bit what is your idea what is your crazy business idea just spit it out okay so here's here's how I was, I was looking at it uh basically if i had unlimited capital and all the time in the world what i would do is essentially um strive to build an electric vehicle uh tailored for people back home so i originally come from pakistan as i mentioned previously and you know pollution is a big problem over there and uh, and so is um you know uh taxes on on certain vehicles and and it's called duty tax essentially um for example if you have a car in the states or canada worth um you know around 30 40 grand it's going to be it's going to cost like um you know five or six times as much as you know more over there so um uh what what i would do is essentially you know create like an electric motorbike or an electric car that's you know small you know compact yet really affordable and um you know eco friendly essentially uh that's you know tailored to the people over there who can afford it because majority of the class in pakistan also is you know poverty stricken right okay uh, on top of that you know i i essentially want my my freshistan brand to kind of um uh branch out there and, and and you know you know like essentially make sales and strictly those sales would go to people who are in need um mm-hmm. you know sort of like a charity because um the last time when i went back home i actually visited a few orphanages like you know orphan homes mm-hmm. um, and that was that was quite eye opening because all these you know all these little kids you know boys and girls they were they were very optimistic they were very they had a bright future ahead of them uh, and you know the situation they were currently in just kind of um really made me reflect as to you know what's really important in this life you know sure we can all we can all strive to become uh you know rich and and famous and everything but if you're not contributing back to society um it doesn't really mean anything right right um and so that's that's essentially what i would do i think i love it i so one of the questions i actually asked um shardar before we started recording and it probably was before you jumped on um so in he had shared with me that there is an innovation technology gap between some eastern countries or cultures versus like the west so canada the united states for example um and my question for him because it was just a thought that popped in my head was do you think that and i'll ask this of you countries like the united states and canada which are relatively young in terms of civilization only within the last what's it 300 years don't shoot me if i did the math wrong um but under 500 years old basically um and it was founded by immigrants who came and were willing to take the step and make a big change in their life probably much bigger than all ever know um that they're more re- like our culture is or the united states and the west is more receptive to change changes and ideas and innovation because that's almost in a way what we were founded upon as opposed to countries or cultures in other parts of the world where that's their culture really kind of defines their identity um and that's been something that's been in place and in practice for hundreds if not thousands of years right <clears throat> yeah so um to your point um i think you know you know what they say about the state right like it's it's the land of um you know opportunity and mm-hmm. you know 
freedom and whatnot. And I think uh, the states is 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 a you know a country. You're right, like it's built on all these you know innovative factors. But when you look at like third world countries, they have a lot of um, I want to say institutional voids, mm-hmm. and so that I think you know me and Shardar, where you know we have a lot of you know Canadian experience, and I guess you guys are Americans. I think if we were to kind of go back. Uh, and, and and try changing things a little bit we would we have a higher chance of succeeding because we have we've seen so much more that that they haven't seen you know like the average citizen over there right um and so we're at an, at advantage there um i i honestly feel like um people in in those third world countries they uh they're not in a position to innovate uh, you know, as much because they they're dealing with different problems. They have right. they have issues such as uh, you know they have social issues. You know they have uh, issues as far as you know putting you know food on the table goes, and so uh, that's where most of their focus and most most of their effort goes towards. Um, but the people and 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 to be honest with you, I know uh, many people, many families back home who are extremely wealthy as well, who are tied to you know political who have political connections and even those people they they're not uh they're not motivated they're not ambitious they're they're just trying to they're trying to live their life so they don't they have nothing to contribute to society um and so i think um i think a person who's seen both sides of the world uh you know the extreme extreme poverty and you know the ex you know the really wealthy people like that person can most likely um you know be given the chance to change and innovate for 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 a country like uh, Pakistan or India or Bangladesh mm-hmm. or any third world country for that matter. Okay, I hear what you're saying. That makes sense to me. Okay. Okay. Do you, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Were you gonna say something? Yeah. So like um, what he said. So I got a question for for you guys. Um, it popped in my head, but I'll pre preface it with this, right? So. The question is going to be like, um, let's just say innovation, more innovative things took place in other countries more often. Um, Like, you know, it could be said that uh, like there's a documentary, The Social Dilemma, right? And it could be said that in some cases, um, innovation can harm where technology can, can harm the world versus change it. So what's your thoughts on that? As far as like, let's just say somehow, let's just say 10 years from now, somehow, some way, um, other country was able to be more modern. Like, let's just say we're all pretty much modern 10 years from now. Do you think that would harm or you think that would change the world in, in good or bad? Just, just curious your thoughts on that. I I honestly think um, you know technological innovation would would in the long run do a little more harm for for con- you know third world countries and the reason being is that uh, you know let's let's just assume that most of the population back home and everything they're not they're not that educated right they don't know they, they don't know how to adapt to these certain technologies that are being pumped out every every year you know whether it's AWS that Shardar is learning or, you know, something similar. So, you know, they're very traditional. They're very, uh, you know, for example, like, you know, they might have a small shop that's selling clothes or they might have a small shop with like uh, a stand outside that's selling fruits and stuff like that. So when you introduce like this sort of technology, you're essentially replacing machines or, you know, certain programs with, uh, you know, instead of people, right? So, so, so people are losing, there, you know, the, there's less jobs essentially because mm-hmm. because technology does it more efficiently, right? They don't need they don't need four or five people doing, uh, you know, running a business. The, the the whole machine can kind of figure everything out. Similarly, if you look at um, I'll give you this is not a great example, but I'll give you an, um, uh, quite like a small example. So essentially, if you look at um, investment banks, right? They have um, they used to have positions such as uh, traders and they still do, they still do, don't uh, correct me. Um, like, so, so, so traders, what they do is they, they used to es- essentially 
um, you know, buy and sell on behalf of their, uh, you know, retail investors. But nowadays, if you look at it now, uh, you know, um, what happened is that it's, it's more so just a game of machines fighting each other uh, because all these algorithms, <clears throat> sorry, all these algorithms and all these, uh, these technological innovations. Um, so the traders have just been, the, all the good traders have essentially left, right? They've left that lifestyle behind them because they know, um, you know, it's not profitable because all they were there for was to execute the trade. And, and so um, again, back to my point, with the rise of technology, you're starting to see a lot of these general jobs or, you know, generic jobs just basically go obsolete. Mm -hmm. And then for a country that the people need the jobs, because that's just how the infrastructure is, um, I think it would, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I will full, full transparency I've never really been out of the United States. So this is a really great learning opportunity for me to help um, bring more awareness to myself from people like you both who know what other countries are experiencing and what the actual day-to-day -day looks like. Um, so if I ask questions that seem silly, I apologize. It's just generally because I genuinely want to know. Um, but to your point, Abdullah, would it be fair to say that the introduction of different types of technology that maybe we take for granted would be wasteful in a third world country, because like you said, it would put people out of jobs and it would just continue that cycle of um, poverty and suffering and the list goes on. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it would, it would be wasteful, but at the same time, it does depend on where this technology is being implemented, right? Right. Um, okay. If it's if it's being implemented, uh, you know, for example, um, you know, where where these people like like what I'm trying to say is that we need to first tackle the main issues that we're having as a mm -hmm. as a third world country, and and these issues are, uh, you know, we need to bring down the cost of education because most people cannot afford it. It's extremely expensive, mm -hmm. even when you compare it to countries like Canada and, and United States. Um, in fact, it's, it's more so like, um, you know, it's not, it's not something that anyone can afford. It's, it's, it's very, I don't know, middle, not even, not even middle, I would say upper class mm -hmm. sort of a, a thing, but, um, what is the cost equivalent? I like, mean, um, if you could put it, um, I, I can say the number cause I, I did my high school in Bangladesh. Um, for me, um, I paid around $500 per month for my high school education. But that was like, you know, I, I went to like the, one of the best schools in Bangladesh. Okay. So, oh, so you had to pay to go to high school? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Per month, like $500. Wow. And now it's like $700 for my younger sister who's back there. So, so is it, 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 is wow. like, is it, whereas over, I would say like what I know to be, and maybe Mason can speak to this, it's more like a tuition here. But is it that's that so that transaction sounds like a rent? Is that would that be an actual? Well, this is high school he's talking about. He's like, I know, in I high know. school, he had to pay no. for that. I know in some high schools, um, locally, it's a tuition, um, yeah, but a lot of them are free. So it's like, is it like commonplace for all high schools? You have to like everybody pays for high school, everybody pays, everybody pays. Wow, it, there are, it, there are, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, you're fine, go ahead. We're listening. We're like there listening. are definitely like you know um um you know um NGOs non uh, nonprofit organizations out there who mm -hmm. are who do run high schools like I know people personally who have like massive high schools there like you know they are running it on based on foreign aids and donations and by on themselves as well where they give free education and stuff like that and and it's increasing and um I don't know if I have the floor now but I I want to say like I have a I, I kind of have a different perspective to Abdullah here. Um, the fact about technology, and uh, I'll just touch on um, one thing from um, like a couple of minutes back. That's about culture and stuff, right? Um, the main difference is in like the culture here and culture back home is um, culture in the West is more, like I said, they are more willing to embrace changes than back home, 
Like um, back home, it's like, you know, people want to do the things they have been doing, like the, the way have been doing for like, I don't know, 10 or 20 years. And they are more skeptical to change than, um, for example, we Canadians or people in the States are. And then coming to the fact about technology, I think technology on its own is a big risk. Um, I, I'm, I am in the field and it is a big risk. But then again, if you want to develop, if you want to make a positive change, risks are um, essential it's necessary it's like it's it, it has to happen right because you cannot like you know based on the fact that you know some people might lose a job we cannot like you know um i don't know stop change i think change is essential and i think change creates more jobs as well like for example like um the thing abdullah mentioned yeah definitely traders are losing the jobs uh for new technologies and they're like trading algorithms out there but then again there are new jobs created for people to maintain that algorithm to maintain that software so new jobs are being created in the process as well like you know um for example in my field like 10 years ago when there was no cloud computing there mm -hmm. has there had to be people to uh, maintain all the physical servers like you know people had to go in like set up servers mm -hmm. you know and you know wiring and stuff like that which there are like we don't need now like for example, like, you know, um, random companies don't need now, they're borrowing it off from Amazon. But now for that cloud computing happening, there are more jobs created which did not exist like, you know, two years ago. Like, you know, for example, the job I have right now, like research and development, like, you know, developer, and I'm working with AWS and, you know, building softwares through that. This job did not exist five years ago. So I think it's like a cycle, like, you know, with change, there is a definite amount of risk and, and like um, about also the thing that Abdullah mentioned, like, you know, technology being used where it doesn't need to be used and for bigger problems existing there as well. But I think everything can go hand in hand, like, you know, um, solving problems using technology. I think um, although like um, in the short run, people might see that, oh my God, like, you know, that company and like, I, I can give this, um, from my own personal experience, like I said, my my dad runs like a um, like a I'd say like a small business in Bangladesh, and and uh, for buying a certain kind of machine, um, um, ten people from our company lost their jobs because mm -hmm. that machine can do it all on its own. But then there were like ten new jobs created to look after that machine or or all or all the other new machines that came mm -hmm. in. So it's I think it's like a cycle process, and I think it's essential we embrace change. And, and that's one of the main reasons why um, countries like Canada and the States have gone up is because, you know, we embrace change. And that's one of the main reason why Alberta on its own, it's, um, it's failing because we, um, Alberta did not diversify. We focused on oil and gas. We did not change our, you know, our old procedures of depending on oil and gas for the major chunk of investments. And, and I think, not diversifying, not changing, not um, going with the time has affected Alberta. It's in a very bad position now. Like, you know, we depended on Keystone so much, it being canceled, we're in a very dark state right now. Like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to the entire city. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I talked a lot, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yeah, Shardar and Abdullah, thank you for sharing those thoughts. I think that gave a lot of perspective to us and those who listen. And Britt, I am curious as to your thoughts to customize it to a little, um, to, to Rochester too. So like, um, it's said that we're a little behind, um, like U U.S. in general or, or um, uh, Rochester. Well, like they, I think about, I think about Japan, like their technology is out of this world. Mm -hmm. So do you think, let's just say some, if, if we could become Japan-like with technology and stuff like that, what what do you think U.S. would be like, or even Rochester, if we got that advanced? Would it would be would it be better? Would it be would it harm or would it change for the better? I don't know if I can even directly answer your question, and that's not because it's a bad question; it's a good question. Um, I think to kind of piggyback on Abdullah's point from earlier. Um, there are countries that exist in this world that are wealth poor and politically poor. Um, I think the U.S. is a country that um, is education poor. 
Um, and what I mean by that is we are very far behind in terms of education and the quality of education um, that is provided to students across the board in this country. Um, I think that in, I don't know that an increase or more advancements in technology in Rochester, I think it would be cool and sexy, but I think that in order to get to a place where advancements in technology to follow suit of Japan would only be valuable and be significant if we were able to um, get the proper education to the people that can make that happen. There's a lot of people that are falling between the gaps and in the cracks. Um, can, I, yeah. can I just yeah. try for a little bit? Um, sure. I, back to what Mason said, as far as Japan goes, I actually I visited Japan not too long ago. Hey. And, 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 and honestly, um, yeah, it's an extreme, like the technology over there is just mind blowing. Everything is so high tech from the, from the washrooms uh, up to the, you know, something as basic as a door opening, you know, just stuff like that. So um, the thing with Japan is I was there for, I think, just about a week. And by the end of the week, I was ready to go back home because, um, you know, a lot of people even over there agreed with me that, um, you know, it's very, it's, it's like a fan, fantasy, fantasy world. It's, it's, it's so unreal. Um, and I don't know, it's, it, there's, a, there's a scary factor to that because everything is so perfect. You won't see any garbage outside. Uh, you know, everybody's just, you know, on their phones, no one socializes. Um, it's just too perfect, if that makes sense. And, yeah. and I, know, I know a lot of people might argue that, oh, that's a good thing, you know, perfection is what we should strive for. But at the same time, I think, uh, you know, I, I honestly didn't get a good vibe uh, near the end. I was like, okay, you know, I'm kind of done. I need to just go back home. I kind of miss, um, you know, Canada. Um, it and, sounds and, creepy. Like, that sounds no, like honestly, that's creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, now that you put it that way, that gave me perspective. You know what I mean? Because like, for me, it's the outside looking in because I never visited. I, I wanted to visit. Um, but uh, but yeah, that definitely gives perspective. Everything being perfect. I could see like, wow, like, like yeah, at first, like maybe the first three, four days, you're like, yo, this is awesome. And then you're like, okay, I'm ready to get back to reality. I'm ready to get back <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I don't know, maybe it could be, uh, it could be because they have their own, you know, social issues because people don't communicate over there. They're very antisocial. They, you know, they, I think Japan has one of the highest suicide rates as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how, how do we justify that? How does that even happen in, you know, in a so-called perfect, you know, dystopian society, like there's technology, there's healthcare, everything's so advanced yet you still have a high suicide rate you know, that doesn't add up to me, right? So I don't know, it's just something to think about. No, I think it's actually a really good, I think that it kind of leads to kind of a greater point or of the food for thought now is, is both Abdullah and Shadar, you both have had the benefit of living in another country, knowing and being immersed in another culture by virtue of where you were born and then coming over here. So you, you know another culture. Mason and I don't have that, but it doesn't, I don't think to an extent it gives us lack of perspective because we know what we know. And then, you know, by virtue of experience. Um, but isn't that interesting is that there's like, there's multiple layers of complexity to these problems, no matter how you look at it, no matter what your background is, no matter where you come from, no matter what your thought, like what your thought process is like with Japan, sure, it looks pretty and shiny, and they're probably leading in technology, but there are some really serious social, social and cultural implications going on over there. Whereas you have like the United States, for example, but I, I'll say it, the United States is somewhat advanced. We're not perfect, but we have some serious cultural and social things we got to figure out. But they're, I almost want to say that they're intertwined. Like you can't, it's like unraveling a ball of yarn. Once you start pulling on one string, other things come apart and you're never going to get it perfect. But I think the idea of technology is... Um, complicated also by what's going on socially and what's going on culturally that's just i just think that's that was that was what i thought of yeah, so i agree with you for sure absolutely yeah. uh, absolutely i i actually want to bring up a point here um i actually do uh understand abdullah's perspective and and yeah he is um 
he is kind of right about um what technology and i think i think like uh, basically like um piggybacking on his um on his idea it's there i think um balance is crucial like whatever um whatever you do i think having the right amount of balance is mm-hmm. very important like not too much technology because um this is one this is exactly one thing we are taught like this is a principle about um in cloud computing as well don't give more than they need so yes. don't give too much power don't give too much technology than they need all right no don't give too much resources so um the correct amount amount of balance is and this this comes to everything in life you know balance is crucial nothing mm-hmm. extreme is ever good and it never gave out good i don't know good results so yeah i do agree with my bro here abdullah that um, too much technology <laughs> technology is not good yeah i do want to add another point i don't know if you guys have seen that show called black mirror um i've seen you, a couple if, episodes yeah right yeah so uh britney you would know that you know there's a lot of creepy concepts that uh that are introduced and shown to us mm-hmm. and i think that that show does an excellent job of depicting what the future could look like mm-hmm. uh should we have a technological uh takeover you know and and back to shardar's point balance is essential because yeah. because the human aspect of life is what uh is worth you know living in this in this earth is right like i don't know i i i think you know if everything is figured out for you if you're getting food handed over to you if if there's nothing to work for essentially if and all the robots are doing everything then <laughs> what are you right. what are you even doing right like you right. you get what i'm saying no i listen you and i could probably talk for hours on that i agree 100% and that's that's what struck me when you shared your observations about japan and again, I've never been there. So I, but what it sounds like is there's the level of technology in place has resulted in the diminishing of human interaction, the diminishing of needing to use your brain to make a decision. If you, if there's technology to open a door, I mean, come on, that's not, that's, it's opening a door. Um, and I think this, for me personally, I think the scary thing is I think the, how pervasive social media is, is slowly doing that to everybody around the world that has access to social media. I mean, I, I have a family member who is growing up in a teenager during this time period. Um, and the infiltration of social media in her life at 15 compared to where I was at at 15, it's astounding. I don't want to share anything too personal because I don't want to give that away about her. But there was a conversation I had with her a few weeks ago that I was like, holy crap. Like at 15, this is, this is what your struggle is at 15. And it's not to diminish her because we are all responsible for creating that world that she lives in. But we're, there's a generation that's growing up right now that is going to struggle immensely, immensely when it gets to their twenties and thirties, not to say that they aren't struggling with real life issues, but life gets harder. Life at 15 is not, that's not where it stops. Life goes on and gets harder. Um, and it's just the technology is removing to Abdullah's point. It's removing that human connection. It's removing the emotion. It's removing everything that makes us human and fallible but real and authentic. And it's a very delicate balance. And I think sometimes we're starting to crack the ice towards the precarious and the dangerous. And at some point we're going to crack it so far that you can't really go back. It's going to take the willpower of a lot of people to switch it, the willpower of the population to go back. Yeah. To tap into that about 15 year olds, um, social media and things. It's like, a lot of them, a lot of people are dealing with self-esteem issues, mm-hmm. depression, different things, anxiety. Um, and it's like, you know, they may have parents that don't fully understand social media, you know what I mean? And they don't may not understand or be able to help navigate that because this is so like, yeah, you know, I remember, you know, I think Facebook, I mean, uh, I think uh, MySpace came out now, MySpace wasn't as advanced as like Instagram and TikTok. Like TikTok is like I hate TikTok. You know what I mean? <laughs> I um so like just to come full circle, um, yeah, they that's that's something. And like one of the things I appreciate about 
because this is our premiere episode with Business Bites. Um, and what I like about Business Bites is it's, it's, it's a little deeper. I think, you know, we have the Lunch Break podcast, but this is kind of like dinner with an appetizer. It's a little heavier. It's a little meatier. Um, well, you know, we dive in. We're, we're diving deep. You know what I'm saying? Save that analogy. Let's write that down. Okay. But, uh, I'm on it. But, um, yeah, so just to come full circle a little bit, we, we, we've dived into technology. And I think what was the main point that was brought out is that balance will be needed. You know, it could take technology too much advancement could harm, not enough can, you know. So I think balance is key, like uh, Shardar and Abdullah brought out. So here's, a, here's the question that we're going to ask everyone at the end. Um, what is success? What does that mean to you? And have you found your purpose? So maybe Abdullah or Shardar, if either one of you want to go first. So um, I can I can give it a go. Uh, I think a person is successful if they know where they are in life currently and they know where they're going. That's it. It's that simple. I don't think, uh, you know, success can be defined by the amount of money you have because if that was the case then if you look at mother Teresa, she was very successful but she didn't have a lot of money right mm-hmm. um and sorry mason what was the second part have you found your purpose um i think i think my purpose uh, you know i'll be very transparent with you i think my purpose uh you know was always there for me um, and, and, you know, that's obviously to, you know, to do with cars, it just revolves around cars. Um, but what happens is, uh, a lot of other things around me, um, tend to influence my decisions. And so, uh, whether it's someone saying, oh, look, I, I found success in the financial world, or look, I found success in the, uh, technological world or whatever the case might be. And so, uh, that's something I'm, I'm sort of, uh, working on as well. Um, you know, it's important to kind of stay in your, in your lane and just keep going at it because just because other people are finding success in their lanes doesn't mean you should jump over to that, um, you know, as opposed to just kind of sticking with what you believe in and keep going at it because, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, 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 and it's, it's very easy to get off track. I don't know if you guys can resonate with that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, man, because it's like, oh, go ahead, Britt, go ahead. No, I, I'm just agreeing with him because I spent the last five years off track, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, because, like, you know, my mom wanted me to be a doctor. She wanted me to be a lawyer. But that wasn't my purpose, there you, you know. Um, so, like, perhaps listeners could take a lesson from that. Like, yeah, somebody might be like, oh, you'd be really good at this. You'd be a really good, I don't know, whatever. And you're like, nah, that's not, that's not me. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you, you should be an accountant. I'm like, nah, man, accounting is not for me. <laughs> Shardar, what about you? How do you define success? Um, um, I'll actually uh, agree with Mason a bit that like what he said, like, you know, you cannot, like, you know, someone can do tell you a lot of things because like that was the case for me. Uh, I was like, you know, I'd say groomed from a very early age to take up on my dad's business, mm-hmm. but then I, then I left it. All right. So it's, it's not like, you know, what people tell you what to do. It's about yeah. yourself. And that's where success comes in. I think success is very different from, um, for everyone. It's everyone has a different um, definition. There's no way of putting it right. That, that, that is exactly what success, a million dollars is success. There's no way of putting that out. And um, I think, for me, I think success is the ability to do what I want to do mm-hmm. and not like, you know, I think that's it. Like success is like, you know, for me, the ability to do what I want to do and for as long as I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, following, like, for example, like following one's passion and stuff, uh, passion and making positive, positive impact. And uh, when I, uh, it, sorry, was someone, want, did anyone want to tell anything? Sorry. Um, oh, if yeah, I want to come. <laughs> if I want to um, talk about um, my purpose, I think it 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 circles around like although like you know, I'm just I'm I'm really young I don't know what what 
will happen in the future. And, you know, 2020 has taught us a massive lesson that, you know, things can change really fast. And um, keeping that in mind, I wherever I am, I want to be happy doing what I do. And then there's a thing about happiness as well. But um, I just like, yeah, I, I want to do what I want to do. Like if I don't want to work today and play, I don't know, go play golf. I want to do that. And the freedom of that is, I think, I think is success. And the purpose is basically making a positive impact in the world. And for me, uh, my, my, my skills are, you know, in technology and stuff like that. So creating a positive impact through that. But also one of the major massive things that um, that's very like probably uh, probably for number one in my list is self-development. I can go on talking about like talking about that for an hour. But 2020, I think 2020 and 2021, these years have been like the best, absolute best years for me because these were the years where I sat down. I'm like, okay, I have to change this, this, this. And I did change about them. So self-developing, um, having the ability to do what you have to do, being better than yourself like better than yourself who you were yesterday always comparing yourself to yourself not to other people mm -hmm. and and working on that making yourself a bit better every day I think that's that's what I want to come around to I love that that was both of you guys I mean that is obviously your viewpoints and that's important to you but I think they were both wonderfully um and very eloquently stated um and on behalf of Mason and I, we very much appreciate you guys taking the time to do this today. Um, and we appreciate you answering our questions. Um, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So there's things that I'm sure that we ask that you're like, oh my God, how do you not know that? But this helps us out. And this helps us share the knowledge that you gave us and bring it to a dinner table where maybe we have family members that may not understand the world. And this just helps us to teach other people. So um, thank you. And I think Mason and I would both absolutely love to have you guys on again. I feel like this is an ongoing conversation that um, we can learn a lot from you both. And I think people in general could learn a lot from you both. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I actually, I learned a lot today. Thank you. Thank you this so much. Great. And I love learning. <laughs> so too. thank you. Thank you so much. Lunch break media group. JD is the founder. Madison and Mason. I'm so glad he found us. James is like Birdman. And I'm Little Wayne. And he is behind the scenes. And I do my thing. We getting this money. And we gotta get this bag. Are we scaling to the next level? You don't gotta act. We getting this money. And we gotta chase this bag. Are we scaling to the next level? You don't gotta ask. The lunch break me.